0: Oh, man, I tell you. y'all got me this cane today. You guys noticed it's Vikings. And anyway, the Chiefs won, and they're letting me know about it. I feel helpless and harassed today. And I need this to get around. And, oh... I just feel helpless and harassed. Jesus said in the last day, there'd be a, a mighty outpouring of his Holy Spirit. And, and I was going to talk about that in Joel chapter two and, and Acts chapter two and Peter preached on it. But there was an outpouring of his Holy Spirit in the last day that gives us the power to overcome gives us the strength to go into the harvest and touch people and touch lives and and that's the scripture here today when jesus he saw the crowds he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd then he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore pray earnestly to the lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into the harvest field. You know, I was going to preach on how that we need to be geared up and, and going out into the harvest and getting these people, but the Spirit's telling me a lot of us ourselves are, are harassed and feeling helpless today. And we need to throw away the cane and the crutch and the excuses and start turning to Jesus and operating in who he's called us to be. And, and I didn't even know I had this cane coming today. But Bill made it for me and he was sensitive to the spirit. And, and so I share that with you today. And I don't share that with you in a condemning way. But we can feel so helpless and harassed that we don't feel like we're any good to the Lord. And we need to get past that. And I'm going to jump down and, and read to you, if you guys would put up, uh, if you got the scripture, John 10, 10 uh, through 16. But as they're putting that scripture up, harass means feeling or looking strained through having too many demands on one. The harassed are stressed, strained, frayed, hurried from having too many demands on their lives. As a result, they are stressed out, worn out, and hard-pressed. And guys, I just mentioned half of us in here today. We are so busy with life that, that we cannot be focused on the Lord to the point that, that we're almost helpless sometimes, that, that we're almost uh, just under attacks of Satan, harassment of Satan, when we just need to step into him. I looked up the word helpless why they were singing and helpless means unable to defend themselves. Guys, we are not unable to defend ourselves. We a believer is not helpless. A believer is not should not give in to harassment. Jesus said in John 10:10 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. We should know that the thief is going to come against us, that the thief is going to harass us, that the thief's going to come in and try to steal our victory, to steal our relationship with the Lord any way he can. You know, I guarantee you, Taylor, you and Brooke are stepping out in your faith and you shared last week on how the power of the Holy Ghost is just bumping in you and you're able to lead five people to Christ. It is one of the most magnificent things you ever experienced. Well, I guarantee you, Satan's going to come after you guys. But you don't have to be helpless and harassed. You don't have to be laden down. You just said, get thee behind me, Satan, and use this as a cane to beat him over the head. And recognize who you are in the Lord. Because Satan comes against me. Anytime that I step out in my faith, he comes against me. He tries to set me back. Let's go over to, and I'm going to change the scripture again. Let's go over to, uh, no, let's finish this one here. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Satan will try to put you back. But Jesus goes on to say in verse 11, the good shepherd laid down his life for you. He gave it all up for you. In verse 14, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and I know my own and they know me. He knows you and you know him. Press into that. Pray to him. Seek him with all that you have. Set that prayer out before him. Verse 15 says, just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay my life down for the sheep. Man, Jesus is putting us in that relationship with him and God. He's saying that, hey, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and you. We're all in this together, and he knows us well. 16 says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also. And so that's when Jesus said, I'm not only looking after for you, the believer. I'm not only with you, the believer, but I've got others that we must bring in. And so that they can hear my voice. Go save, disciple, sin. But so many times as we step out in our faith, we say, God, you want us to heal, or to heal our life. You want to move upon our life. And let's jump to Mark eight twenty-two, and And, and, and again, we need to surrender. You know, we say, God, you want to move in our life. But, but we don't give any time for God to move in our life. We don't protect our Sundays. We don't protect our Wednesdays. We don't protect our prayer time in the morning. We don't protect our, our worship times. And I, again, guys, I'm talking pretty rough today, but I'm talking to myself. But if you're helpless and harassed, protect those times. Press into him. Surrender to him. You see Jesus here in Mark eight twenty-two. The word says, and they came to Bethesda, and some people brought to him a blind man. And 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 he begged him to touch him. How many of you are begging Jesus to touch you today? And this guy was begging Jesus to heal his eyes so that he could see. And Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village and we had spit on his eyes he laid his hands on him now that sounds pretty gross but jesus spit on his eyes laid his hands on him and prayed for healing over his eyes he was begging for this healing and then the man said you know jesus asked him do you see anything and the man looked up and said i see people but they look like trees walking then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again and he opened his eyes and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly and he sent him to his own home saying, do not even enter the village. And the reason that I say that today, the Lord really put this on my heart this week that the beggar prayed for healing. Jesus didn't heal him where he was at. Jesus said to him, hey, come out of the village. Come out of the place that you're at. Come out of the sin, the sickness, the death where you're at and come outside of that. Now, part of me was saying this morning that, that Jesus was telling them that because, because he didn't want to, the first thing for this guy to see would be what man made. He wanted the first thing that they saw, this blind man saw, would be the son of God and the healing that took place in his life. The things that we really need to be focusing on. We don't need to be focusing on the, the world and what it has to offer. We need to be focusing on Christ and what he has to offer. That's what surrender is. We're saying, Father, we're helpless and we're harassed. Father, this world's overcoming us. We can't deal with it, Lord, but with you, I can do all things. Amen. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens, strengthens us. So Jesus took him out of his surroundings, if you will. He took him away from the unbelief, if you will, from the people that may not encourage him or, or bring him up or tell him what he wanted to hear. But you guys, this was a process. And, and the Lord's telling me that, you know, this is the only miracle that it took Jesus two times of, of laying hands on him to be healed. Do you guys recognize that? Most miracles, Jesus lays hands on him is done. Jesus laid hands on him the first time Do you see clearly? Not yet. I'm not there yet. Jesus laid hands on the second time and he received the healing. It was done. He spent some time in the Lord. A time of surrender. A time of giving himself totally over to the Lord. The thing that really caught my mind more than anything was, is he directed him not to even return to the village. Now a lot of people would say that he did that, and there probably could be some truth in it, because he didn't want everybody to know he was the Messiah yet. But I believe it was too early in his ministry. I believe he didn't want him to go back into his circumstance again. So many we pray for God. To, so many times we pray, God heal me, and God heals us, but we put ourselves back in the circumstance. God deliver me of this sin. God delivers us a sin. We throw it away. We cast it away. But then we get back into it again. And then we're helpless and harassed again. We need to surrender completely to him and walk away from our situations. And walk into his presence and surround yourself with the things of God. The other thing in the scripture that I see here today, if you want to turn to... Um, Mark six forty five. Mark six forty five through fifty two. This is kind of nice. I don't need it, but it's been kind of nice to lean on. I'll just say it's Jesus now. Then we'll go club Satan later. How's that? And, but anyway, are you there? It's pretty nice too, isn't it? it looks a lot better in red stuff, anyhow. But but when <laughs> we're back to home now, but what I want to catch up here guys is immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Uh, before this, Jesus had just fed the, the four or 5,000 and, and the disciples just experienced a, a miracle that was unbelievable. And, and, and anyway, uh, he went to the other side to bethesda while he dismissed the crowds and after verse 46 and after he had taken leave of them he went up to the mountain to pray and when evening came the boat was out on the sea and he was all alone on the land verse 48 and he saw them they were making headway painfully for the wind was against them and about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by. I want you to remember those two things, making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. Then he meant to pass them by. But when, he saw, when, when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified But immediately he spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them and the wind ceased and they were utterly astounded for they did not understand about the lows, but their hearts were hardened. So here they just saw this great miracle and that's what Jesus was or the word was referring to in verse 52, great miracle of God, but their hearts were already hardened. So they had a great miracle The burden was thrown away, but already their hearts are hardened. Why? Because life got a little bit rough and painful. It just got a little bit painful. The word exactly is headway was painful for the wind was against them. And when we follow Jesus, headway can seem painful because the world does not like Jesus followers. Satan does not like Jesus followers Sin does not like Jesus followers. So when we're following Jesus, headway can seem painful at times. When we follow Jesus, it can seem like the world is totally against us. How many feel like the world is totally against you? How many have been about like Elijah and said, God, there's no one like me in the world? Man, I feel that way at times, that the whole world is against me. Father, I'm working hard for you. I'm paddling hard. I'm, we're going to use this as a row now. I'm rowing hard. I'm pressing in hard, and I just can't seem to get anywhere. God, I'm doing what you called me to do. Father, I'm following you. Lord, I'm doing everything you told me to do. And, Father, it seems like the whole world is against me. You notice I got my eyes closed and my head down. And Jesus is walking by on the water just like the disciples' heads were down. And Jesus was walking by on the water, and they didn't see him. And Jesus was thinking, you know, I'm just going to go on by. Because they're not paying attention. And that's the way we get so many times. We get our head down and we get to looking at our situation. God, I'm doing this for you. All this is for you. Woe is me. And then we get to doing this again. But the disciples finally did see him. They finally did look up and they saw him. And they thought he was a Ghost. And they were terrified and afraid. The Lord that I know doesn't terrify me and scare me. So maybe they really didn't know Jesus like they thought they did. Maybe their situation got so big and heavy that that they couldn't see God if he was in the room anyway. And so this story as we look at it today, it's a trap that I believe we can get into so many times. We're doing all the right things. We're saying all the right things. But we get to doing it without Jesus. But when they saw Jesus, they cried out to him. And Jesus come over and he got into the boat with them. And we know that everything settled down around them. Everything got back to where it should be. And they experienced a move of God upon their life. And that's the way we need to be today, guys. We can get so focused on our situations that we forget God. We can get so focused on this life that, that we're helpless and harassed, just like the sinner we're trying to save. And we can't save the sinner if we can't get our head on enough to live for God ourselves. It's pretty tough, isn't it? We're just going to close out and let you think on this a little bit today. I know I'm tired of being helpless and harassed. I know a guy that went to the doctor so much, the doctor finally told him, Bud, you just need somebody to tell you you're okay. That's a true story. They were so harassed and helpless. That they forgot to call upon Jesus. If you're here today and you need to call on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, meaning you never accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and this world is just kicking you around and you feel helpless, you feel harassed, you feel like you don't even want to live. I got a call from a boy the other day from Carthage on an outreach, and, and he told me, he said, Pastor, it's a kid that came up through our youth group and said, Pastor, I just want to get out of here. I just want to get away from this. I just can't stand it here no more. I just got to get out of here. And I prayed about it and I sent him back, uh, uh, responded a pretty tough way. I said, Bud, you're just running from your problem. You move to Texas or so wherever you're going, you're going to battle the same thing. Until you surrender completely to the Lord with your time, your tithe and your talent, meaning God, I surrender all of me, then you're going to be miserable. You're going to feel helpless and harassed. And anyway, he told me that he was going to hunker down and he was going to seek God and he was going to press in and I pray that he does. But we got to surrender totally to Jesus. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's a first step. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one will go to heaven except through him. But this peace that I'm telling you about today, when the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and Christ says, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, that's for the the unbeliever to become a believer too and let Christ give you a beautiful, abundant life, prosperity, uh, plentiful life fulfilling life i'm not saying you're going to be a millionaire i'm saying you're going to be blessed which means happy beyond comprehension when you keep your eyes on jesus you'll be happy beyond comprehension but if you're here today and and you're a believer and you feel helpless and harassed when i said that, that part of the scripture that jesus meant to pass them by that really bothered me because i always hear about this compassionate christ that loves me so much why would he want to pass his disciples by and the Lord really spoke to me on that is because they were so bogged down that they couldn't even realize he was in the room he was standing right there he was with them the whole time and it showed me that we've got to do what the disciples did in verse 49 they saw him and then what did they do They cried out to him. They didn't understand what they saw scared them. It terrified them. What Jesus calling you out of may scare you and terrify you. I know when they said you you don't need to be drinking anymore, that scared me and terrified me because I depended on the drinking. When I decided to give the chewing up for the Lord, that was probably the hardest thing I ever did because I knew that I could not do it. It had a hold of me. I depended on that. I was terrified. I was scared. I can't do it. So what God shows us a lot of times and and the deliverance that God has for us, it may scare us and terrify us because we don't know how to do it or how to work out. We don't, maybe our is are wrecking and we don't think God can restore it. And he's telling you now, give it to me, surrender it to me. And that's scaring you and that's terrifying you because you see no way there's too much hurt and pain. You just need to cry out to him anyway. See him and cry out to him. And that's all Christ is asking us to do because so many times we're crying out or our heads are down and we're wanting God to move but we're so preoccupied we don't see him and we're not crying out to him. We need to see him and cry out to him. That's what made the difference there and he had compassion on them and he turned around and got back in the boat and, and took care of the situation. So, what today is the Lord asking you to do that scares you and terrifies you? If you don't know the truth, we've got some ministries that need to be filled with this church, and people are scared and terrified to step into them. I say to you, see Jesus and cry out to Him and do what He's called you to do. Some of you are scared to give because God's, God's, and what God's calling Oakland to do, I don't know how we're going to be able to do it financially. But I know he can do all things. Well, that I, I, scares me and terrifies me to give to the Lord. I don't have it to give. Well, look at him and seek him and cry out to him and let him do his thing. Well, my children are wayward and I've done everything. I, I raised them in the church. I've done all this. I've done all that. God, and your head's down and he's with you the whole time. And you just need to look up and see him. And cry out to him. And he may tell you something that terrifies you and scares you. But you do it anyway. Because he's always right. right. He's always right. And so the altar call today is that. Is we need to surrender completely to Jesus everything. If you want Christ to move in your life. Then you need to surrender everything. And give it all up to him. You give God 60%. That's probably all you're going to get back. And I don't mean that bad because your head's down and you're not looking up. Keep your eyes on Jesus all the time and see the miracles that happen in your life. So I want you to stand to your feet today. You've heard the word. God sees you. God sees you. John 10, he not only sees you, he's with you. And he wants you to ask him to touch your situation. He wants you to see him in your situation and to cry out to him in your situation and do whatever he tells you to do, even if it terrifies you. So today, if you're not saved and God's pressing upon your heart to come up here and give your life to Jesus, and that's scaring the tar out of you. Do it, because it scared the tar out of me when I went up the first time. But was the best decision I ever made. So if you need Jesus today, I want you to come to these altars. Come to me. Uh, Pastor Jim's going to be on this side. And I'll be on this side, but come to one of us for the salvation. But if you got something to surrender again today, I want you to come to one of us and just say, hey, I don't, really, I don't, I don't mean this mean at all. But I don't need to know your problem. I don't need to know. God knows. And all I'm going to do is when you come up is I'm going to say, do you have something to surrender to the Lord? And you're going to say, yeah. And then you start telling the Lord what you want to surrender. We're going to lift your hands up and give it to him. And he's going to touch your life. Whatever it is. If it terrifies you to do that then I'd come do it because that's Satan telling you to be scared. God's wanting to deliver you and set you free today. So I don't want you walking to these altars. I want you running to these altars because you want all of God. Amen? So let's surrender to him. Praise team. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, you presented the word today. And Father, now we are, are eating it and devouring it. And Lord, we ask that, that your Holy Spirit shows us all how to respond. And Lord, I think you've already done that, so Lord, we ask that in the name of Jesus we respond. Satan, we bind you and we curse you from anything you're trying to do to hinder now. You're not welcome here. In Jesus' name. Praise team, Please come, guys. Surrender it all to Jesus. I need Jesus. I need to be saved today. He was come and get saved. Well, I'm scared. Well, come anyway.